Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and I am honored once again by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show takes you to those places where you have those mastermind meetings and aha moments that can change your life or at least bring you a little bit closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. We go to the field where those where these things happen. And today, we're actually in my sumptuous living room here in beautiful Las Vegas, known to some as the hottest city in America. I'm here with my production assistant, Princess Stella Juliana. For those of you who are new to the show, she is a domestic short hair black cat, and she is purring like a diesel engine. She must be very excited about what we're going to be discussing today, as am I. It is going to be about digital marketing. It's going to be kind of a round-robin conversation. We're going to touch on a few interesting points and a few innovations that our guest has pulled together. So this is going to be interesting, and he comes at it from a little bit of a different angle than some of the folks that we have interviewed on this topic before. So get out your pad of paper and two pens. We have a few listener-suggested questions as well, and a couple of things that are on my mind. But let me tell you about this guy. His name is David Summerfleck. He is a digital marketing executive with 20 plus years experience working for marketing and advertising agencies where he served as digital marketing project manager, helping guide multi-million dollar brands toward increased profitability. David was also a certified business, excuse me, certified small business mentor for 10 years through the US SBA, that small business administration, where he advised hundreds of small business owners, nonprofit administrations, and senior staff and startups and how to grow their business quicker and easier. Additionally, David was trained in political campaign marketing called messaging by a consortium of the White House Project, the Colorado Department of Education, the Center for Progressive Leadership, and later went on to advise several political campaigns. David's written for AOL Time Warner, spoken to a standing room only audience at Microsoft, taught social media marketing at Johnson and Wales University, taught workshops for WordPress, and is the author of The Road to Digital Marketing Profits, available through Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, and Books A Million. And in the latest news, he is now a guest on the Business Creators Radio Show. David Sommerfleck, come on in. The weather's fine. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your time, Adam. Well, I got to tell you, that... uh, that bio, I'm, that's so impressive. I'm not sure I'm worthy to be in your presence, and this is my show. Uh, it actually raises a few questions, which I'm going to be excited to ask you as we go along. But sure. aside from me reading off the official hagiography, can you tell us something in your own words about maybe an event, maybe an inspiration 
that has helped bring you to where you are today, serving intersect, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. If it seems like I'm sometimes uh, jumbling my words here a little bit, I have a cat who is headbutting me furiously right now. Well, the cat needs some attention. She's getting um, it. <laughs> clearly. Um, you know, I, I enjoy, uh, you know, presenting. I enjoy lecturing, teaching workshops, teaching boot camps. And I get really, really animated and fired up when I do it because I believe in what I'm saying wholeheartedly. I, I, I'll never forget there was a pivotal moment for me when I was an adjunct uh, English instructor at a college. And for those who don't know what that means, it basically means you're a part-time college or university instructor. That's what adjunct means. You're just there part-time. And so anyway, um, I was really nervous about teaching at the college level. I had never done it before. And so I had a mentor who was a doctorate level college professor, much higher ranking. I just have a BA. And I was really nervous. And he said, look, come in and fill in for me a few days. And I can sit in the back of the classroom and grade papers while you do it. It's great for me. I got, you know, free labor taking over for me. And I can just sit there and grade papers and, you know, while you do my job for me and you can see, and if you get nervous, don't worry, I'm in back of the classroom. And I remember him saying, you're nervous because you think they're going to know so much more. You know, they're going to be familiar with everything that you're saying. They're going to question you and debate you and you better stand your ground and all of that. And he said, it's not that at all. And so I did it. And sure enough, he was right. And I found that by focusing in on the material, you know, the outline that I had, the syllabus, the work that he wanted me to discuss and getting excited about, legitimately excited about what I was there to teach, well, then you don't get nervous. I didn't have to sit there and visualize them sitting in their jammies or whatever. None of that. You just get really fired up about what you're discussing and you really believe it. And, you know, I remember feeling the same way when I was a, a business mentor and started doing all these workshops and boot camps. I was nervous at first, but then I realized, look, I'm there because a, you're, I'm passionate about what I what I do, what I was saying, what I was articulating that day, but also they these are people there legitimately because they need your help. They're there because they value what an expert should have to say. And I remember, you know, I always had that whole um, imposter syndrome. I think they call it the imposter yeah. syndrome. And I remember feeling uh, bad about it and not thinking, well, what do I have to say to these? These are business owners and everything. And then I started talking. And after one workshop, I realized, wait a minute, these may be business owners, but they know absolutely nothing about digital marketing or even online marketing and all that goes into it. They know nothing. And some of them could be very nice people. Some of them not so nice. Some of them, you know, are in charge or used to being in charge and rightfully so. But I realized, hey, as long as I stay in my lane, which is this topic, I've got nothing to feel bad about. And after doing it for like 20 years, I've really felt that, hey, I 
I'm perfectly qualified to be a mentor. You know, I've paid my dues. I've been through hell and back with every kind of client, every kind of situation, every kind of business that anyone could ever imagine. So if I don't know something by now, I never will. And I truly believed and still believe that I bring enormous value to the situation based on this direct experience. So hopefully that kind of fits what you were alluding to. Pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, I found that I think there's a trope out there that folks are worried that they're going to get up on stage and they're going to get some heckler in the stage. Well, I, I got to tell you, the worst experience I ever had with that is, uh, is uh, I, I was, it was when I was in MBA school and we were having some sort of discussion in the class and some asshole decided to get up and uh, take the lectern and actually mock my speech that I had just given. So I reported him to the dean and he got sanctioned. Uh, outside of that, I've never had any other issues. Right. And the, and, the reason, and the reason is very simple, David. It's because we live in, regardless of what the media wants to tell you and what we're being told is happening to our society, we live in a society where civility is highly valued. If you act like what I just described a moment ago, or you heckle somebody who's on stage, the only place that heckling is really acceptable, and even then it's actually kind of an outlier, is during a comedy act. And I got to tell you, if the heckling is not itself part of the act, that will come through and the heckler will get booed. Yes. Yeah, I know it's very true. I've actually been to comedy clubs uh, where, you know, if you've ever been to a comedy club, you know, if you sit in the front aisle, you're going to probably, you know, you could be getting a few comments from the comedian up on stage. So you have to have thick skin. Right. You know, and I've been, I used to love going to comedy clubs with my wife and, um, you know, I've been up, you know, had a few comedians, you know, rip into you or whatever. And you've got to be very cool and nonchalant about it. And yeah. And and like I said, after being in digital marketing for 20 odd years and also working as a freelancer in between for myself and then being a mentor for 10 years through all these different nonprofit organizations that I volunteered through after a while, you, you, you get that confidence. I believe in being humble and be close to the earth, be respectful of people. If you can treat others as you want to be treated, but also by the same token, come to realize, Hey, after 20 years, if that's not an expert, I don't know what is you, you should have something of value to say. Right. I, I am, to, I'm totally with you on that. So one of the things I'm curious about is you have, you have a background in working with political campaigns yes. and I am, I'm very curious about something you can share with us in addition to anything else you want to share about how, what we can learn from political marketing that we can apply to business marketing. There are oh some my God, crossovers, but I want to ask an actual expert rather than a speculator. And that's why I have you here. Are you kidding me? You can learn everything from these guys. It's really no different. I mean, it's a little different from advising, uh, you know, a typical small business, but it's extremely similar. I mean, you're dealing with someone who wants to expand their reach, right? Yeah. You're working with someone who wants more subscribers, more money. 
Yep. More outreach. I mean, a business, you want to increase your profits. You want to sell. You want to take payments online. You want to be at the top of Google search results. You want the same thing that a political candidate does. The only diff the differences are very minor. Uh, you know, the political candidate wants donations. The business owner wants you to buy their items, pay for services, pay for download, downloads, schedule a consultation, or go to their store and make a purchase. But almost every store in the world has e-commerce now. Those that don't just don't make any money. Right. Um, so the political candidate wants to do the same things that the business owner does. Most of them are stubborn. Uh, they don't listen. They think they know everything just like the business owner, oh. you know, I, I, I can't help it. I can't help but chuckle. And I mean it benevolently, benevolently, but yeah, I, uh, that was one of the biggest growth curves for me was learning how to effectively handle that very sentiment. I mean, and a that's business a whole per- other yeah. topic. Yeah. That's, I've written blog post after blog post on that topic, uh, primarily because, I kept reading about it on social media from other web developers Uh, for a while. I even had my own course, but I just got tired of doing it. It's just depressing, but there's actually a psychological component to why small business owners, why political candidates are resistant to this change, but this is change. It also is, I don't know how to say this without using a big word. It's ameliorative. It's change that can elevate their game, that can help them dramatically. But why are they pushing back against it? It's like if if I went up to a stranger and I said, look, if you give me $3,000, I can make you back $30,000 in a couple of months. Is that a worthy investment? Well, most people would say, sure, sign me up. Yeah. But if you say that to a small business owner, and I say I'm using digital marketing to do this. Uh, my track record is pretty damn good. The science behind this, the metrics are pretty damn good. It's better than traditional marketing. Here are my reasons for saying they'll turn right around and they'll go to some free DIY template and effectively, you know, hobble themselves. Well, yeah, there is. Uh, I mean, I, I run into so much of that and another and another self-defeating thing and i tell this story even though it happened a long time ago is i had a prospect uh referred to me and this is back when i was in a different business and step one actually it hasn't really changed it's actually still the same step one was um i uh, i had the prospect fill out a form that gave us some basic information and the purpose was twofold number one it was 20 questions i didn't have to take up their time asking and number two it allowed me to calibrate the conversation to make it more valuable to them. Mm-hmm. So I had somebody who thought that they were going to that they were going to write to me and say, you know, I, I'm not participating in your pre-qualification crap. You listen, I'm the customer. And if you want me as a customer, you call me tomorrow and you tell me what you're going to do for me. Otherwise, I can just go overseas and get somebody just as good as you. Yes. And, I, and, I, and, yeah. Yeah, and I wrote back and I said, cool, go overseas. And, and, you know that, and, I'm, and, I'm, and and that set off another tantrum from them, which I couldn't even quote on an X-rated podcast. <laughs> I I do get those types of emails. Yeah. I, I used to get them. I used to get maybe five per day. Yeah. When I was really 
when I was really, really active now, uh-huh. thank God, knock on wood every day. I thank God that I'm, I'm retired. I don't need to do this <laughs> if I don't want to thank God, but that's about when I was really active and I was teaching these workshops and these boot camps, I'd get about five emails or phone calls every day. And for a brief period of time, I was number one in Google for web design in the greater Denver area where I outranked big mega corporate marketing agencies. I can get into that too, if you want. Um, and I was getting all of these responses. And when I would get emails or phone, I would get phone calls like that and emails and the yeah. emails I would just delete. Yeah. I, Cause after a while you, it's very draining emotionally to debate what should be common sense with someone. Right. I, I, you know, what I found is if you have a simple process that's set up to streamline your intake and make it more valuable yeah, for the person yeah. you're trying to take in, which was really what I was looking to do. I was looking to shorten the amount of time they had to spend making their decision. I was trying to make it easy for them one way or the other. But uh, I found that I only had a few regrets about when I was in that line of business. And every single one of them is when I showed any flexibility on that point or even allowed them to comment on it. Right. My process is to screen for fit. Then we discuss how I work, which right. is you train the client and what, what are the components to digital marketing, how I deliver value. I send them a workbook. Usually I know they're not going to read the workbook. So we go over it anyway. Um, that's part of the whole onboarding process we go over my contract once I determine that they're serious and can afford me, but they also want results that are important to them. Once we get to that point, you know, and yeah, you do charge at some point during that. But yeah, you have first you have to screen for fit and seriousness, and then you determine if they if they really have the infrastructure uh, to be able to afford the outcomes that they say they want. Yeah. So if you have a hobby, then you really, you're not ready for digital marketing. You're not ready even for a generic template, because if it's a hobby that you just do for shits and giggles, then it's really not appropriate to be thinking about Facebook ads and, and getting a website. Cause it's just something you do for fun. What do you do if you start getting, you know, five phone calls or five emails per day. Oh yeah. More more than you want. Uh I've had that happen. I've had that happen with nonprofits and some local uh, small business owners and the local handyman. And they start getting 20, 30, 40 phone calls or emails a day. And I had one guy freak out and just, you know, called me and just said, take down my website. And I said, why what's wrong? He said, well, I'm getting all these phone calls and all these emails I can't uh, keep my job at Home Depot and, and take on all these clients. And I said, yeah, but that's what you hired me to do. You're trying to make a, a positive change in your life. So you don't have to work for someone else. They're calling you. They want to work with you. Do it. And it was just too much for them mentally or emotionally. So I just uh-huh. said, all right, if you're sure you really want to do this. And he said, yeah, just delete everything. So I said, all right, I'll take screenshots. I'll, I, I'll take a video. I'll run a backup of the site. And, you know, sorry that we did this. And I had the same thing happen for a couple of nonprofit organizations too, where they started getting all these phone calls and emails and people want to work with them and they don't know what to do. So yeah. what do you do? You know, 
I, I want to focus on the success and the businesses out there listening who you're ready to scale. They want accelerated growth. They want to expand into new markets. They want to ignite change in their lives. That's who gets me excited. That's who I want to hit a home run for. If you're not committed, if you're not ready to scale, if you're just not sure if a couple of thousand dollars is worth it, then I love you. I bless you, but I also release you and, and wish you well on your journey, but you're not going to, we're not a good fit. We're not an ideal uh, pairing, you know? Right. And you know, I, I do feel sorry for some of those folks who actually get and too much of a are. good thing. And I get I know to, how to and, find yeah. them very quickly. They yeah. go to all the small business events. They go out to all the meetup groups. Uh, um, they're, they're looking for a small business mentor and I can hold their hand and tell them what to do and even tell them how to do it. And 99% of the time they won't do it, but it's that 1% that will, that just knocks a home run out there. And you're like, Oh my God, this is incredible. That's why you keep, that's why you keep going. Uh, yeah. And that's yeah. why, it's why you keep, you keep speaking at these, these networking events and you go to the ones when you're able to do so, even though it's going to be the same people over and over and over again, it's that one out of a hundred that more than makes up for the other 99. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why, that's why you do it. And, you know, I, I have seen in my own life and my own experience, what it feels like to have leads you can't even respond to. And I know what it feels like to be at that point where you're growing your business, you are in a position where you can't yet afford to outsource most of the work. So you're actually doing it. But then you get to that, that, that critical mass point where you're swamped. But if you just get a couple more, you're going to cross that Rubicon into being able to easily fund and profit from a properly leveraged business. But right. that's and where that's- people get stuck right there because that's where it's hardest. And that's a really good place to be when you're rolling out customers or clients like cookie dough, but you also have to learn if you don't know, you have to learn how to stagger that. If you're a consultant uh, or, you know, a consultant service provider, like a digital marketer, you have to stagger the client. So you say, well, look, I can only work with maybe two or three per quarter. Yeah. That's depending on, depending on, you know, your infrastructure. For me, I like to do everything myself. Um, So, you know, hey, one or two per quarter, it depends on the job. If I can't pick you up this quarter, then we'll stagger that onboarding or slow that onboarding process uh, to accommodate that so I don't have to turn anybody down. And I would explain that to them during that enrollment process. And that's why you got to have a 5D process for developing marketing projects, what I call a project. Yep. The, the, the customer or the business owner might see it as just a website, but a website with no SEO, with no e-commerce, with no content, with no branding is nothing. It's just pearls to swine, like that expression. Exactly. It doesn't do you any good. It's like yep. a stack of business cards, but no, no bodies to give them to and no interest. Right. We'll get to 5D in just a moment. But one thing I want to ask you, first of all, I want to you know, make sure I clarified something. There's a point of critical mass where you're so swamped that it's difficult for you to even respond to inquiries about business. But yet at the same time, 
if you could just close one or two more, you're going to cross that line to the point where you're going to have enough revenue that your life actually gets easier because you can outsource the high quality people and also enjoy levels of profitability, which really sets off your ability to grow. And that's right. where a lot of folks get stuck. And I myself have gotten trapped there a couple of times. So, yeah. in light, so in light of all that, here's a question I want to ask. Do you think yeah. part of the reason we um, think part of the reason so many entrepreneurs kind of flub it there or find themselves backing off is because yeah. of how they were raised? You still there? I'm right here. Okay. Yeah. So, what, what what was the question? You want to know why do why do business owners back off? Why do they back off? Why do they why do they not do that final push that could get them there? And and the follow up question to that is: Do you think it has something to do with how they were raised? Of course. Yeah. Of course. The, there's different reasons for that depending on the person or the organization. It could be an organizational issue where the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. Right. Um, it could be the individual, how they were brought up, the whole poverty mentality. And if there's a topic you want to touch on, just ask me. But I, you know, I've had companies contact me multiple times, like five or six times over the course of multiple months. <laughs> and I remember responding with, hey, whatever you want to know, I'm happy to tell you, but after a while, it becomes a question of what's going on here. You know, if you're emailing me questions about how to budget for digital marketing, the importance of SEO, what is branding? How does it work? Content marketing? How does it work? All of these questions on and on. Why are my, how are my prices estimated? My budgets, how are budgets with digital marketing estimated or set? And I answer four or five of these questions. At some point, it's time to make a decision. Yeah. And if there's no decision after, you know, however, three or four conversations by email, certainly if you do one or two Zoom calls and there's still no decision after that, in all likelihood, there never will be. So, or or it's going to be back to the Wix, Weebly, SquarePants, or whatever the DIY SquarePants, whatever the <laughs> template voter of the month is. That's what they're going to go to. And if they're never number one in Google, they'll never know anyway. You know, so it it becomes a point of diminishing returns. It's there is no reason for me to keep talking to someone who is either doesn't believe in digital marketing, doesn't grasp the concepts, is addicted to a poverty mentality, or the organization is just so uh, chaotic that you really can't help them. So in any of those scenarios, I, I'm older now, so I just say, God bless you. I really wish you yeah. all the best. But for those reasons, I'm out. I don't think we're a good fit. I don't think we're a love connection. Go ahead and go to Wix or Weebly or Blogger or Hotspot or whatever the hell you want to use. Hotspot. <laughs> I don't know. Go get your generic template and they're never going to be, you know, on the first page of Google, but they're by the yep. same token, they won't know and they won't care. Right. More than likely or not, they'll be gone within two or three years. Statistically, the majority of most startups and businesses are going to be gone 
within two and a half to three years statistically. And this is not my opinion. This is based on actual market research. And it is based on my experience too, after 20 plus years, I can't tell you how many hundreds and hundreds of businesses I consulted with. And after a while, I would need a break because it would just get to be depressing to watch so many just disappear. They right. You know, they won't listen. They can't listen. And that's the whole that is a whole process of denial. Now, I don't know if that's five steps, too, but I can check. Well, I've got um, I've got two thoughts here. Now, my primary business is working with entrepreneurs and small businesses to launch their podcasts. Is right. their key networking, client attraction, celebrity expert branding tool. Right. We have the launch your podcast fast system. And a big piece of that is building a dedicated website just for that podcast or just for that show for a combination of reasons that you probably understand better than most. So I won't elaborate upon them here, but then I do get those folks to say, yeah, but I attended so-and-so's webinar and they have this launch your podcast in an afternoon thing. And all I have to do is put it on anchor and anchor's good. I say, cool. What what, what do you want me to do? I mean, if then now if they're asking a question, like, now, if they're asking a real question, like, um, so why, why, so what are the benefits of me going through with the full launcher podcast fast system? I hear from these people and that I putting can, it on Anchor or Buzzsprout or something is all I need to do. But you're arguing something else. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, one second, David. I mean, yeah. They, they, they. I mean, if they ask a question like that, I'll have the the conversation with. They say, ah, oh, you're things a waste of time i attended this webinar with so and so and for 197 dollars they'll just give me a video on how to post it on anchor and i'll have a podcast this afternoon instead of the six weeks your process takes it's like cool never hear from me again (laughs) bye i don't say it that way but that's basically my approach to it now go ahead and you're not wrong here's what i was going to say about that i have a podcast on anchor too yeah you know what the truth is I did them all for fun. I just, I don't care. I did them for fun so I could experiment with podcasting Uh and just have some fun in semi-retirement. If someone heard the podcast and they thought it was great, they benefited from it, they want to contact me from it, great. If they don't, it's okay. It's perfectly fine. Yep. I blow them kisses. But... Let's be honest here. If my goal was to seriously enroll more clients for me, uh, then I would have handled it completely differently. I would have hired an experienced professional to help me do the podcast. I would have focused on only one podcast instead of three. (laughs) And I would have created a custom website for the one podcast, I may still do that and have very targeted SEO search engine optimization specifically for that. Yeah. And and you know, that's the difference. Yeah. And you just articulated where you are right now, at least you're probably not my ideal client. And you know what? That is that that is great. You self-identify as that. So neither of us have to waste our time. Now you could now you could all of a sudden get a real fire under your caboose six months later and say, hey, I really want to do something big here and uh, go to www.reachoutcall.com. Put yourself in and say, hey, I was on your podcast. Uh, I was that guy who was messing around on anchor, but I want to get serious now. Well, then you're just in a different place. Yeah. I'll, re- I'll, 
I remember very explicitly once, this is 100% true story, no exaggeration either. Um, when I was in Denver and I was teaching workshops for WordPress, I was teaching workshops for colleges and universities, the, every nonprofit that I could find, every chamber of commerce I could find, you name it. And I was working on local SEO. I was number one in Google for web design agencies in Denver, you know, more than I could handle. And I was staggering them. And anyway, one day I get a, a phone call and I, this is when I picked up the phone, you know, before I would just let people leave messages at the time I yeah. just picked up the phone and the guy called me. I said, yes, hi, this is uh, sudden impact web design, which is what I had at the time. And so I said, you know, Hey, how can I help you? So we talked for a few minutes. His budget was perfectly realistic, generous. He wanted to embrace local SEO, content marketing. He wanted mobile ready design. He wanted e-commerce with SMS text, text messaging, uh, with, you know, scheduling, Every, you know, appointment scheduling, you name it, unbelievable. And he was polite and respectful. And he was very familiar with digital marketing. He read through every page of my website. So he already knew about my experience and credentials and had read some of my blog posts. I couldn't believe it. And I said, okay, everything sounds fine. I don't even know if I have to onboard you. Uh, let me ask you, what's your business? And in my heart sank when I heard the answer and you know what he said? Oh, I can't wait. Lay it on me, man. It was uh, an adult escort business. Okay. So I can see where you would probably not be for that demographic. And, you know, in my business, I've been, I mean, I, when I had a web design business, I was approached by a, a, a porn star. If I said the name, uh, people would probably like privately nod to themselves of, oh yeah, I know who she is. And I turned her, I turned her away, not because of judgment about what she did, but just because that's a very specific niche. It is. This guy was very rational, very calm. The budget was actually more, his budget expectations were realistic, but also generous. Yeah. Uh, because the truth is what he had said, what he had quoted, I probably would have done it for half and been very happy to do it. And there was so much style that I could have brought to it. But, you know, hey, I've been married for a long, long time. And I said, I cannot in good conscience do this, you know, out of respect for my wife. It just, I can't, you know, and I told him that I said, you know, I wish you the best. You, you're, you sound like a really nice guy. I just can't do it out of respect and courtesy for my wife. So, you know, and plus for my own morals, I, I just, I can't do it, but yep. I wish you all the best. Um, and that's key. Other, and that's key to know where your lines are. I mean, like there are certain type of clients I won't deal with. It has more to do with their personalities with their, their produce candidly, but there's a certain type of personality. Um, like uh, if they act a certain way as a potential uh, services client, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep them around and say, Hey, I'll just sell them products. No, get the hell off my list. I don't yeah, want you. There was, a, yeah. there was another guy who was the husband of a famous uh, food network chef 
And he contacted me and said, uh, you know, look, uh, my wife hired a local developer to build a website for her, you know, for her business. And it was like $6,000 or something like that. And he said, the site doesn't work on mobile. The e-commerce is unsafe and, and broken. It's unreliable. The site goes down at times. She's trying to sell her CDs and her digital downloads from having been on the food network, which is perfectly understandable. And, you know, we're having all these technical problems. It looks like a PowerPoint presentation and all of that. So we're shopping around trying to, trying to fix it. And I told him, I said, you know, wow, I'm really sorry that this happened to you. I'm familiar with the chef and everything and the show. And, um, I'm, you know, I'd love to help out. And I even said, because of that, I'll make you a deal. I don't normally do this, but I'll make you a deal. So he, he bit, okay, what's the deal? I said, look, for half of that, half right now, I'll recreate the website, make it completely mobile, responsive, perfectly safe, make sure the e-commerce works perfectly because you already have a lot of the content already written out. It's a public figure. So it's really easy to do the SEO for nationally known, internationally known uh, celebrity shop, really easy. You know, I'll do it for half. Just give me great references and, you know, talk about me on social media and everything as well. And the guy was like, wow, it's way too much, man. And I just said, all right, well, you know, have a nice day, sir. You know, it, it's, it, it happens. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a phenomenon I, re I think that most of us have run into is you have that prospect you think, that think something's going really well with, then they just disappear. Mm -hmm. But then they come back to you six months later and tell you all about how they hired your direct right. competitor who charged twice as much as you were going to. And then their competitor left them high and dry or didn't give them the results. And they say, hey, can 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 you still help me? Uh, but, are... but, 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 you know, because I lost all my money, uh, I was wondering if you could do it for like a third. And. I, I remember my, I told this story to my coach at the time, my coach, uh, uh, my coach uh, gave me the answer to that, which is very simple, which is to tell them that, no, I'm not going to take, take a discount to uh, make up for what my competitor did to you. Right. And that's due to the, what I call the five stages of denial. Yeah. That are, that's documented from uh, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, not me. That's the five stages of denial. Yeah. And that's what uh, the, I think not all business owners go through this, but I think business owners who aren't doing as well as they want to do or should do, they go through the five stages of denial. And I never really realized until I was reading the work of Dr. Ross, Kubler-Ross, I didn't really realize it, but I remember reading it and thinking, oh, my God, this is actually what I've been seeing in these business owners, these startups, these nonprofits, these people who, who want mentors, but it's related to digital marketing. So it's not the same as losing a loved one, of course, but they're going through the same five stages. And right. so I wrote a blog post on that and I show it to freelancers all the time.
the five stages of denial. I, 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 can, I like this. So I can go into can, it whenever you want. Uh, okay. So we have just enough time here because I want to get into two things with you before we wrap up in about 15 minutes. One oh, of which is the man, five stages. I'm state- ready to go all day long. Oh, I, me too. We, t- we might have to have you back in a few months, but there's two things. I wish things you that would. I'm having a ball. Yeah, I think we're going to have you back. Uh, but uh, but here but here's the thing. There's two things sure. I want to get into here if we have time. The five sure. stages of denial. And I mentioned earlier, I put a bookmark in and I said, we're going to come back to it. The 5D process. So let's start with the five stages of denial since we're sure. there. Okay. Number one. You want me to just jump in? Please go. Okay. Number one is what I call denial. And that's where they basically, and we're, and again, here we're talking about a struggling or failing business owner, entrepreneur, service provider, whatever you want to say, nonprofit, whatever. They're all the same, really. Number one is denial. And that's where they're saying, hey, everything's great. They embrace Uh what I call DIY, do-it-yourself solutions. They're not receptive to feedback. I don't need your help. I can do everything myself for free. Okay, that's number one. Number two is anger. They're pissed off at a lack of progress. They blame external factors that no good uh, template installer or this hack so-and-so I hired. Yeah, but you also wanted somebody who was super cheap or everything has to be free. So they're frustrated with a lack of progress. They blame external factors. They resent change or input. I don't need a website. Why should I have to have a website? It's not right. Number three is depression, where they're unwilling to make changes. They figure what's the point. They're unwilling to engage. Hey, I could really help you. I'd love to see you succeed if you just do these things. The fourth step is bargaining. Solutions must be free or cheap, or they, I, I can't go, uh, you know, hey, I, I can't budget $3,000. That's just way too much. But I could spend five or $10 a day at Starbucks or eating out every other meal or go on a trip and go get hammered or whatever. But I don't have $3,000 to invest if it means making back 30 grand a couple months later. I can't get on a payment plan or anything like that. It's just not realistic, you know. So bargaining solutions must be free or cheap or very unrealistically low budget, even after you explain it to them. They're seeking amateur quick fixes. They question known industry norms. The final fifth stage is acceptance. Okay, I give up. I'm ready to find solutions. I'm ready to listen to logic and reason. I'm willing to plan long term. I believe in cause and effect. I understand that. I'm open to budgeting for accelerated growth. I want to learn more. Yeah, you know. I love those. And I also look at external factors. You know, what was holding me back for a long time mentally was I was stuck in this vortex. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs know what I'm talking about. Uh, the credit card debt you ran up during the previous yeah, recession, yeah. you still haven't paid off. And, uh, and I, and I, uh, and it seems like if only I could just get out of this vortex, but I, I can't get any funding. Uh, nothing will help me. And then it's also mentally weighing you down. It's holding you back from moving forward. You keep running into yeah. these artificial roadblocks set up by the financial institutions that are there to oppress us, not help us. So, uh, and hey, I said it, I don't care. Uh, so 
Yeah. So I went to, uh, so I mentioned this to my coach one day and, uh, and he said, well, just keep making minimum payments on the credit cards. And I said, I've been doing that for seven fucking years and I haven't made a dent. And I said it just like that. Well, the answer was I found a private funder who, uh, loaned the business $15,000 and that broke me out of the vortex and that mm-hmm. opened up the floodgates so sometimes, in addition to the five stages of grief, I bring this up for this reason, is there may be some other psychological factor that you're just not seeing in the moment, yeah. that it's there. And, uh, and, one, and, one, and part of the reason I, kept, I was stuck in that financial vortex is I didn't like how things were going, so I wouldn't look at my bank accounts. Well, uh, one of the ways I fixed that is I look at my bank accounts every single day. If things are looking good, it motivates me. Things are looking bad, it motivates me. Yeah. Because I've learned how to channel the energy either way. Yeah. There's no better motivator than where the rubber meets the road. I mean, yeah. I remember I remember when uh we were in Denver and I don't remember how it happened, but something happened where I had a client who wouldn't give me the content I needed by a specific date. Oh and, and now I was in between agency jobs at the time. So it took me a couple of years to learn how to apply the structure and processes of marketing agencies to working as an individual, you know, remote home-based, you know, uh, freelancer, which I don't really like that term. So I should stop using it, but I worked as an independent consultant in between you know, working at marketing agencies as a project manager. So it took me a couple of years to learn how to apply the structure and processes of the marketing agency project development to working as an individual without anybody to outsource it to. And honestly, not needing anybody to outsource it to. I just didn't know it. And so anyway, I remember being at a point and I didn't know if we were going to be able to pay the mortgage that month. Oh yeah. Yeah. You've been there. Go ahead. I just said that. Can I use an expletive? I guess I already did. Didn't I? Well, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. That shit's got to stop. Yeah. That shit's got to stop. Cause I made a promise to my wife a long, long, long time ago. You will never ever have to worry about food being on the table or roof over your head or being able to get a new dress. If you want a new dress you should never have to worry about that. And this was a long time ago, but I learned a lot from that. Believe me. And after that happened, I never experienced it again. I made damn sure whoever I worked with that I screened them for fit. I onboarded them. I trained them in how I work and how to understand value and project development, which is the five stages of project development. I learned to do all of that and explain it to them before we would begin working to go over the contract, sign it, date it, go over it. So they all understand we have weekly meetings during project development. So they can't disappear, ghost you get 75% down. So they don't, if they disappear, I don't care. All of these things I learned because of that one experience. Yeah. And that's, that's how I came up with the five stages of project development and being able to explain it to someone. But after that happens one time, 
you learn, hey, that's not going to work. That's non-negotiable. That's non-negotiable. It may be okay for the client to act crazy and wig out or whatever in their own personal lives, but not with me. And that's the thing. They would never do that at going to a doctor or working with a mechanic or an electrician or a locksmith or any other service provider. So the web developer, the digital marketer should be held in the same regard as the electrician, the plumber, the, the lawyer, the accountant, and any other service provider. We need to have structures in place to work with our clients and deliver results, just like all these other service providers do. And until you have that, you have bad experiences. And until the business owner on the other side until they have it and they present themselves professionally online and offline, they have drama too. So yeah. it, it taught me a lot that experience. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the other things I learned from my experience, I told you about five minutes ago is when you identify a problem, focus on it and fix it. So yeah. the idea, the idea of yeah. I'll just keep making minimum payments on my credit cards, that was no longer acceptable because mm-hmm. that was causing the problem. I don't, care about the entrepreneurial literature about it. The fact that I had such a high percentage of utilization of revolving credit was screwing me over every which way but loose, plus loose. Right. That had to stop. That had to stop. So I made, I fixed it and it opened up the floodgates. So, uh, so sometimes there's a problem. You fix it as fast as you can. Right. And that opens up the other things. And it's not up to other people to decide what your priorities should be in all cases. Yeah. I tried to all just make minimum payments on my credit cards and focus on boosting revenue. Yeah. I tried it for seven years and kept getting screwed over by the credit card problem right. in my attempts to raise revenue. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. You can't, you can't do that. You always have to pay above that anyway. Otherwise you're kicking the can down the road financially. Yeah. And in every other way, you, you're, you're just paying on the base. You're, you're, you're paying these maintenance fees and everything else. Yeah, credit card debt is a trap. Uh, when I started Sudden Impact Web Design, which was my first digital marketing agency, um, I remember I went to a credit union and I took out a, you know, a loan. It was a pretty small loan, actually, yeah. thank God. At the time, I thought I needed more. But the credit union said, no, you don't need that. You, you don't need that much. You think you do, but you don't. And so I took what I could get from the credit union and just hustled like crazy. And after a while, I learned to hustle smarter and not harder. And I started getting more and more traction. The more methodical you are, the more you think before you leap, the more you see causation. That's where you start getting the results. Yeah, precisely. So in the time we have left, we got to pivot here. The sure. 5D process, what it means, how it's used. Okay. Uh, first of all, we're talking about digital marketing. Digital yep. marketing, if I can define it very briefly, because a lot of people get these things mixed up. Please do. Digital marketing is taking SEO, which is search engine optimization, how you're found in online search. Okay. SEO, e-commerce, how you take payments online for goods or services. Okay. So you're taking SEO, e-commerce, content marketing, branding, website security, hosting, backups, everything, every aspect of marketing 
web design, SEO, e-commerce, everything together as a whole is considered digital marketing. So that's what I mean when I say digital marketing. So that's why I use that term, because I mean using every tool at your disposal holistically, okay? So for project development, moving a project along at an expeditious pace or rapid pace, um, I use a 5D process. And I use D because my name's David and it's branding. So number one is you define. You define the client needs, the business objectives. This usually means one to three structured phone, video, or in-person conversations to find out if the client's stated goals align with how me, the digital marketer, works in the type of work that we do. So, for example, I'm not going to build a, a beautiful digital marketing project for a porn shop, a porn shop, or I will do it for a porn shop, but not a porn shop. Sure. So that's number one is define that takes mm -hmm. one to three weeks. It should never take more than that. Right. It doesn't need to. Number two is discovery. That should be three to six weeks should never take more than that. In the second phase, we form a marketing plan based on the client's input and discussion, we put together what does success look like for this project based on what the client says they want. We look at national and local competitors. We look at the demographics. You know, what are your competitors doing that you're not doing that you could learn by their example? How can you compete with them? What should your SEO be? What are the industry norms for your industry? That type of thing. So that's discovery step number two, weeks three through six. Number three is development. That should be another three weeks. It never should take more than that. Okay. That's where you begin building out custom marketing assets, designs, logo, content, figuring out, you know, what are we going to put? What kind of free giveaways are we going to offer subscribers? deliverables based on the input that the client has already provided. And we reinforce that through our own experience. So the fourth stop is weeks nine through 12. That's what I call deployment. And it's also kind of what, you know, from my growing up in a Navy family, that's where you put digital marketing assets into effect where your online marketing division is put in action, generating leads for the business in conjunction with traditional boots on the ground marketing. And finally, step number five is weeks 12 through 15 that I call decision. That's yeah. where they have to make decisions. And that's where I would talk to the client and say, look, we're at step number five, excuse me, step number five, I need some water. So step number five is decisions weeks 12 through 15, where we look at what are called KPIs, key performance indicators. And we talk about how to set plans for keeping this thing going. So it's going to continue delivering the outcomes that you, the business owner, wants. We develop a maintenance and upkeep plan for updates, for backups, for website security, for automating, automating the content marketing distribution that goes through 
the uh, social media distribution channels. So for example, if you have a podcast, for every podcast episode, there should be a video, there should be an audio, there should be a blog post uh, summary with appropriate links. So imagine if you have 50 podcast episodes, we could have 50 videos, 50 audio samples or episodes, you can have 50 uh, blog posts summarizing these 50 podcasts. Well, that's giving you 150 pieces of marketing collateral alone. Right? So week number five, decision time, how do we keep this going? Yeah, precisely. So I really love that. And thank you for sharing with us. And this is another reason why all of our listeners should absolutely subscribe to the Business Creators Radio Show so you can listen to things like this again and again and again. So we're at the top of the hour here, and David Summerfleck has a gift for you, which I'm going to tell you about right now. So you, you, you can go to his website, and you can uh, get free chat through his website and free one-on-one video conference calls uh, with uh, and you can review questions with David. He also has some free guides and free offers. I encourage you to check this out right now. Uh, his website is dms.blue, B-L-U-E. That's actually the, the website, dms.blue. And in order to access these resources, go to uh, digital-marketing-free-resources after dms.blue forward slash. You know, an easier way to find this is just go to the notes on my website and uh, click the link because it's going to be right there. You're going to find case studies. You're going to find the opportunity to connect with David. You're going to find information about SEO basics, uh, how to up-level your digital marketing. Seriously, it's a gold mine. Get out your pick and start digging. DMS.blue. And with that, with that, David Summerfleck, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.